to the Vet SOS Podcast brought to you by the Who You Know Network. Remember, don't drown the sea of transition. Grab the Vet SOS Lifeline. Today's the day. Today's the day we get into some serious information that all veterans need to know. Transitioning service members, you need to break out the pen and the paper and start taking some notes. Uh, this is one you don't want to miss. We got Dr. Paul Lawrence with us today, and he's going to be telling us about uh, his latest venture and, and how he's helping us actually succeed as we make that transition to becoming a veteran. As always, I'm here with my co-host, Eric. Eric, how are you doing today? Dude, I am so excited. I am so excited to have Dr. Lawrence on. I, this is a gentleman that I have. I mean, he helped me tremendously, and he doesn't even know it. He's, he's never heard me say this, but he helped me tremendously through my transition. Uh, just listening to the things that he said, the things that he talked about, um, he helped me understand how to be my own advocate uh, as I was going through for my, my benefits and transition, and just, it, I'm, I'm super excited. This is probably one of my... Uh, this is one I've been looking forward to, I think, maybe the most. I don't want to, I don't want to hurt anybody's feelings, but I've been really looking forward to this one. Having a fan moment. Having a fan moment. <laughs> I'm, I'm a little <laughs> fanboying out right now. <laughs> All right. Without further ado, we'll get right into it here. Dr. Uh, Paul Lawrence is an Army veteran, businessman, author, and passionate veteran advocate. <clears throat> he has 35 years of experience solving management problems in large, complex organizations for almost three years. Uh, Dr. Lawrence served as the Undersecretary of Benefits at the U.S. Department of Veteran Affairs, unanimously confirmed by the Senate on April 26, 2018. As Undersecretary, he was in charge of the Veteran Benefit Administration, leading a team of 25,000 people with an operating budget of $4 billion, administering $120 billion in benefits annually. That is just a staggering number to think about. In 2023, to make the benefit experience easier for veterans, he wrote Veteran Benefits for You, an easy-to-read how-to guide. And I'll add to that, in my opinion, that is the Veteran Benefits SOP. You have to have it. We, If you haven't got it yet, we're going to talk in depth about this. You definitely want to get yourself a copy. Dr. Lawrence, we're so happy to have you with us here today. How are you doing today? Hey, great. But even better after that intro, Sean, Eric, I appreciate the good words. I'm glad you got the book so you can see it in person. And if it works for you, that was the goal. Easy to goal, easy to read, get this information out because there's nothing worse than hearing veterans say, I did not know I was eligible for that. I, I was unaware. Gee, if only I had known. So that's really that's really the mission is to get this information for them so they can figure out what's best for their life and their family. Absolutely. So we, we went through your bio real quick there, um, but I, I'm kind of curious, what, how did you get to being undersecretary? How, what was that journey like to, to, to get to that point? That, that to me is just an amazing accomplishment in itself. Sure. Well, so I grew up let's start a little bit, a little bit of history. So I grew up in a military family. My father's a career army officer and I spent three years in the army fulfilling my ROTC requirement. Then I became a consultant primarily working in and around government, right? So most people don't know this, but the three undersecretaries at VA, think about the administrations, right? The healthcare, VHA, benefits, VBA, and the National Cemeteries, NCA. They're each led by an undersecretary. And by law, this was written when the department became a department in 1989. The undersecretaries have to go through this process. It's very much like an interview process. It's called a commission process. They convene a bunch of high-level people, resumes are submitted and the like, and then they choose and eventually the president nominates somebody. So a friend of mine who was working at VA wrote me an email and said, hey, this job's coming open. We think you should apply. And I had a great job in the private sector. 
And then you kind of go through this soul searching moment, not unlike probably what you guys are doing now. You're like, well, okay, if I don't apply and I'm just sitting on the sideline, I can't really continue to complain about people who haven't stepped up and really brought value service to veterans. So I applied and I told my friend I did, and I figured I'd never hear. I got a call six weeks or email about six weeks later coming in an interview. So I went in and I said to myself, all right, if, if, if I get the job, I'm really going to tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to work on making benefits better and faster and easier. And that's what I'm going to do. And so that went really well. And the next thing I know, White House contacts me and they're sort of filling out the paperwork. And then I went through the confirmation process. And so it all happened. It took about nine months, start to finish. But it was one of those things where it was just like it wasn't my intention to do it. But, you know, at some point you just can't sit on the sideline anymore and watch people really kind of dork up you know, these things and say, you know, I can do better. And if I, if I don't do better, it's not because I'm not going to go in there and try and I'm not going to go in there and really advocate for veterans. So that was my intention. And I spent three years there until the administration changes. And then, you know, as a political appointee, you get invited to resign. So that's what I did on January 20th. (laughs) I I, I think I've had those opportunities myself. (laughs) Yeah. You know, you just go, Hey, didn't turn out the way we hope, but you know, that's kind of how our government works. And, you know, (laughs) Absolutely. Wow. (laughs) I, um, I'm, I'm a, yeah, your story, Dr. Lawrence. And like I said, you know, at the beginning, there's a lot that you have done, uh, for our community, right? That's, that's our community. Um, to, to, to not just sit back on the sidelines and not just watch and, and be a part of the team that complains about all the problems that we're having or, or, you know, the issues that we're struggling with, but you, you are a person of action. Right. You, you, you stepped into, um, even though it wasn't something that you were looking for, uh, you stepped into that role and you have been such a staunch advocate um, for what what we what we deserve. Right. What, right. Well, and I can even correct you, Eric. It's what veterans earn. These are earned benefits. Not everybody can get these. And so thank you for that, because it just really pained me to listen to stories about I'm struggling with the system. Like I said, I didn't know or nothing seems to ever get done. So it was really a matter of like, you know, guys and, and many of the folks there, the employees are veterans. So they understood this as well. And, you know, you should should have this vision. And I guess I was kind of naive that it can be better. There's no reason veterans can't have great service and they can't find this as not a thing in their life. Like, you know, dealing with the VA, it's just like turn into like a a holy war, right? As opposed to it's just something you do and you move on with your life, right? And it helps you move on with your life, which is sort of how I got to the book, because I just realized, like I said earlier, education, information, which is really hard to understand and, and get. And I think, I think let's, let's just dive into the book because I think that's the thing that you have. I know that's what you set out to do, but is what you absolutely accomplished. And that was giving us a guide that was easily understandable. That was something that we could sit back and we can relate with because it, it made us understand. And, and I'll take the correction, right? What we've earned. Um, right. So talk to us about the process of the book. Sure. Well, so basically in 2020, so first, once you get your hand, once you're in charge of something, you really ought to go and learn how it works. Right. So I got to learn about all the benefits and all things. And what was interesting was I actually got to see how they're processed. So you sort of said, okay, so someone fills out an application, applies for benefits, but I can really appreciate what goes on behind the scenes. I'm not rationalizing bad performance, but you realize these are complicated and hard things to administer. It's not letting them off, but you realize it's hard. 
Then in 2020, so when I was in office, I used to travel a fair amount and I'd always go out and try to hold town halls with the employees and also with veterans at like VSOs, American Legion and the like, and listen to their questions. When the pandemic pandemic came, sort of all, all travel stops in like April of 2020, but there still was a need to get information out, especially during the pandemic. So I started t- holding telephone town halls, right? So you get all the veterans on a state from a state on the phone and you talk to them. A little bit of talking, but mostly it broke into Q&A. So I did 110 of these, like every state a different day. And I kept looping through them because the information, people wanted the information. So I wouldn't go about an hour and I'd answer about 15 questions and give general information. People help me, right? If someone called in with a very difficult situation, someone called back. But I heard the questions firsthand. I had to answer them firsthand. And I saw the patterns of just like I said. I don't understand why is this so hard? What's going on? So that really was formative. And when I got out, I was approached by a publisher and said, hey, would you write a book about this? And I thought, well, certainly there must be a book out there. I cannot imagine there isn't a book. And I went and looked at them. And what I discovered is they were kind of dated. So that was kind of a problem. Then I don't mean this badly. If you guys are lawyers or you have lawyers as listeners or viewers, they're all written by lawyers. And so it was all great, except if you weren't a lawyer, you couldn't understand it. So I realized I had spent hours explaining to literally more than five million veterans when you added it all up these things. So I realized I can explain it in a way that people can understand. And if it's a value, you know, be great and it'll help people. And so that was kind of the intention. And so that's what I did late in 21 when I wrote, wrote this out. And I'll tell you those you. those those audio town halls that you held. I sat through yeah. two of them, so I'm going to stand yeah. here and attest. Yes, those happened. I sat through two of them because I had no clue what I was doing. Yeah. I transitioned once in the in the 90s out of the out of the Marine Corps, and then thought I had it all put together and failed miserably and wound up back in the military. Um, and so I, I had no idea what I needed to do, how I needed to do it. Um, okay, so Sean, what were you going to say? I'm sorry, buddy. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm, I'm going to you're going to you're gonna tell me to be quiet. Fine. I mean. The, the first I'm amazed you put your money where your mouth was, you know, you went out there and, and you were the example, you went out there and had those town halls, which I'm, I would imagine at times could be hostile um, based on horror stories. I've heard about the VA over or, you yeah. know, different veterans. Well, they weren't so much hostile. So, 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 so you had to get through to get to the screen to the question. So it would take 15 questions about on average. Okay. So there, they weren't so much hostile. It's more frustration, right? So to kind of Eric's point, someone call and say, you know, I'm a Vietnam veteran. You know, I served in Vietnam. I was drafted. I didn't even know I was a veteran. I didn't even know I was eligible for benefits. And so it just was like gut wrenching, right? We had people who were homeless and something had gone wrong. So very quickly, I enlisted a team of folks from VBA who would then follow up and get their personal information and figure out how to resolve the problem. So what was really most disturbing would keep you up at night, literally after these were over, because they generally happened about four or five o'clock East Coast time. Because remember, everybody was home now. It's the pandemic, right? 2020. So you could get them. But even then, you'd hear some of these stories and you think, how could this possibly go on? How could a veteran be applying for benefits It'd be so difficult and whatever. So I would spend the time thinking out, like, what is it about the organization that can't seem to get these benefits right? And that would lead to exploration and more things. So it was more frustrating. And then, yeah, there were people who got through who, who said words like, I don't know. I don't know if I want to go on. So you realize this looks like someone who might want to harm themselves. So we had a, we had protocols to like figure out how to deal with that. 
So it was just just the whole range, but it wasn't so much hostile. In fact, I had people call up and say, you know, I'm pretty darn mad. And I say, well, and they said, I'm going to I'm going to write the president. And I say, well, you can write the president, but the letter gets routed to me. So you might as well tell me what's going on and we'll figure it out. You know, so it was some of that. Just the fact so, that you led by example and, and, you know, you you were out there leading the charge that that is commendable uh, at the highest levels, because that's not something we see a whole lot. I, well, I and actually people commented on that. They said, I've never, ever seen anybody at your level do this. And and that was both, you know, thank you. That was rewarding. But it was really disappointing because it's sort of like, well, get up there. You explain to you know, be a leader, go and do the things we've all been taught in the military to do. Get up there and good or bad. Talk about it. And it's bad. Go fix it. Absolutely. Yeah. I, so, and Dr. Lawrence, my, my dad's a, a Vietnam veteran, right? So that's a, that's a special and, and, and dear, near and dear uh, demographic population of my heart. Um, and my dad was one of those guys, right? Well, I, I don't, I don't need it. I don't deserve it. And so it took me a lot of years um, and actually quoting you a few times uh, to get him <laughs> to finally do his claim. Um, but one thing that I have noticed in, in my time since I've, since I've, you know, retired from the military and, and I've kind of been in this space is the voice that I feel like the post 9-11 veteran is bringing to the table the voice um, in, in advocacy for our, for our own. Um, have you seen, have you seen that shift in advocacy by, by, by campaign, if you will? And then how are we helping? How are, how can we best help our veteran brothers and sisters uh, from the Vietnam era, from those other eras? Yeah, well, so definitely I've seen the change in generation. I would definitely say the nine 11 men and women are just, you know, they're, they're, I don't know if they're more vocal advocates, but of course the tools are different, right? The tools are different. You used to be able to write letters in the Vietnam time. Now you have the internet and all the kind of things, social media, all the things it brings. So it's, I don't know if it's, I don't know as much, but it's different. And certainly they're out there. And I think what they're also telling us is the demand for benefits is beginning to change. Not, it's just different, right? So, you know, the GI Bill came along. Many, 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 many veterans had not even graduated from high school, let alone go to college. Now they say, hey, we want these different things in our GI Bill. So they are voting that. The other thing to think about, you know, how do you help the Vietnam veterans? You know, the average age of Vietnam veterans now something like 74, 75 years old. We don't have much time to help them. So definitely be talking about reaching out and explaining to them that even if they've never accessed their benefits, it could be a, it could be a neighbor. It doesn't have to be relative it could be a neighbor in this old, old person in the street right just talk to them and say if you're in it you realize you still are eligible for benefits okay and so yeah we should be talking to them about what's because again you know there are not going to be many of them left in a short period of time yeah yep yeah. yeah. so true the um so get, getting back to the book um this this to me one is so easy to read you know, and I'm one of those people that, you know, I've been to college, I've done those things. I've just never been an avid reader. And, yeah. you know, to be able to sit down and actually flip through it, it's an easy read. It makes sense. You definitely avoided the, the lawyer side of the house, um, which you try to read some of those books can be a nightmare. Um, so the amazing job with that. Um, and really does read like the perfect SOP. Like it tells you how to do things and what you should be looking for and, and was that really the intent? Were you really trying yeah. to, uh, uh, the old phrase Barney style it, I guess, really get it down to, uh, to, to well, where yeah, because, because, 
again, you don't want this to become a thing, right? You don't want a master's degree in VA benefits. You want to say, listen, so each chapter describes a specific benefit, right? And some other ones, right? Say, hey, I got a problem with my home loan guarantee or GI bill. How do I do this? I want to go to the chapter. I want to be told enough about it, not the history, not everything. I just want to know enough about it. And then like, okay, what do I need to do to get it? Okay. How do I go about getting it? And are there any things I should probably, I guess I call them tips, be aware of as I go through this process, right? And those I found out, a lot of that I found out from people call up and say, or talk to me and say, oh, I was surprised. I didn't realize this would happen. And you're like, oh yeah, that's probably something somebody should have told you, right? So I try to, I try to do that. And you know, it's funny, I know you guys really focus on transition, but an interesting way to think about the benefits is how it feeds into transition, right? And so kind of go back, take a step back. Our national security structure depends upon people joining, volunteering to join the arm, the military service, right? And then when you get out, you get these benefits. Congress, the American people figured out you've earned these benefits. And they really do line up in an interesting way with what you might have called the pursuit of the American dream, right? So what is that? Get a good job, live in a community, raise your family. So if you go through and think about the benefits, it's like, okay, get a good job. That's the GI Bill, right? We'll get you educated so you can have a good job. It's VRE, Veterans Readiness Employment. We'll get you special help. Live in a community, loan guarantee, no money down, purchase of a home loan. Live in a community, okay? Economic impairment. You've been injured or disabled in service. Here's, here's some money for, you know, whatever you might not be able to do and also your expenses. And then there's even some protection, right? A pension, right? If you fall below a certain level and you're in trouble, Judiciary, if you can't manage your own your own your own life or whatever, um, insurance, your service disabled, you might not be able to purchase insurance, and then appeals. Any decision made about your benefits can be appealed, and all that is changed. So if you think about it, it actually ties into transition because what do we want people to do is leave the military and go on with their life, and quite frankly, accelerate their pursuit relative to their civilian counterparts. Right, a no cost college education, no debt no money down payment. You don't have to save for the down payment. I mean, you can really move ahead. So it ties in nicely with, I know a lot of things you've been talking about transition about how do I re-engage? Well, not just re-engage, how do I accelerate and pass yeah. you know, civilian counterparts? That's yeah. such a great way to put it. Such that, a great way to put it. And that's, and, and you're right. That's what we talk about, Dr. Lawrence. Right? It's, it's not just about surviving. It's about thriving. Right. It's about right. it's about stepping out of service and thriving in our, in our next chapter, in our next season, whatever, however you want to put it. Mm-hmm. I will tell you that when I when I when I went through the book and when I when I was kind of looking through because I've used this a couple of times, I actually have a neighbor uh, who I've helped uh, who's a Vietnam. Vet, um, oh, that's great. I was able to sit down and kind of show him a few things. But one of the things I really like is actually one of your appendixes and it's appendix A. I love the way you highlight you know, the DAV and AMVETS and, you know, I, these the Vietnam Veterans Association, like these are such pivotal and and vital members and and key players in a lot of what we do so it's it's understanding not just that we have earned benefits but that we have advocates to help us even more once we understand the book we read the book we look at it we understand it now we can reach out to these advocates and they can help propel us even further um so i just i love the fact that you added that well, I'm really glad you noticed that, Eric, because nothing bothers me more than when I hear veterans saying, oh, I didn't know I could get no cost assistance. And so now I signed a contract with somebody and I'm really over a barrel. Right. So I think you're highlighting 
You can get no cost assistance from the veteran service organization. I call out the big ones in there and there's others, but those are the ones I tended to deal with. Right. And their 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 service officers are generally well trained. I mean, I wish everybody was perfect, but we know that's not how it works, but they're generally well trained. And then also you can get a no cost service officer and that's Appendix B from the states. Right. So your state has a Department of Veterans Affairs or Veteran Services. I'm sure you've talked to some of these guys. They have service officers too. some counties do it depending upon the structure of the state. Right. So there's lots of opportunities to get no cost assistance. And, and why that's so important is think about it. You might do one claim, your own claim, but these service officers have done lots of them. You know what I'm saying? And they, they know all the different things about the forms and the different nuances in your situation. So I'm a real advocate for that. And Eric, back to your point, the post 9-11 folks, wounded warriors really trying hard to, you know, you know, I guess, you know, engage those folks. So that's where I know a lot of the, uh, uh, the warriors from 9-11 end up. Right. And, and I think I think you're right. Wounded Word Project does a, a fantastic job. I think they're really trying to step into that role and step into kind of put themselves at the point of most friction, um, which yeah. is what a good senior leader does, right? Put yourself at the point of most friction and, and try and help people through the breach. So um, yeah. that's outstanding. And even, though, Sean, and, even though, and even though we're talking about benefits and their service officers, I'd also tell your audience, you know, Wounded Warrior has a lot of mental health programs as well. Right. I think Correct. they're almost all at no cost to veterans. So again, another set of resources out there. Yeah, absolutely. Sean, what am I missing? I, you know, I just realized that neither one of us have used uh, a knowledge bomb uh, icon yet. And I think I'm it's because notes. this, this entire, I was, I've taken notes. I think this entire episode has just been one big knowledge bomb. Like, like there right. are so many, there are so many of us that, yeah, we talk about transition and we talk about finding a job and those are all difficult and, and, and we focus on the resume and we focus on these things that we're struggling with. But I think the real elephant in the room for a lot of us is I don't know how to navigate my benefits. And that's, that's the real thing. I remember when I went through transition as I'm, as I'm getting ready to hit terminal leave and I'm trying to figure out what I'm going to do next. And I can't, I can't budget anything because I don't know what it's, you know, what, what's going to happen. And that's such that financial piece is such a, uh, such a, a, a tumultuous opportunity. You know, it's, it's such a tumultuous thing for us to go through. But I think knowing that we have these organizations, knowing that we have people like Dr. Lawrence writing books, knowing that we have opportunities out there, there are, there are advocates on our behalf uh, to help us understand what's next, I think is so, so, so important. And, and like I said, I just, I, I am, a huge fan of this. I've actually, I'm gonna, I've purchased several of these, so I'm gonna be taking them with me as I go around and making sure people understand oh, their benefits. Um, but it's it's we have to get the word out, and I think you have done. You've taken, like you said, some dated material. Not anything against the other books, right? But I looked. I did the same thing. I looked, yeah. and and they are dated and they are difficult to understand. So I think you've done a fantastic job of kind of stepping into um, the world that needed that needed this this easy to read resource. Mm -hmm. Well, you, t you do an important thing, so let me not forget it here. If you want to do a knowledge bomb, one of the things veterans often forget is how benefits can extend to their family. So some people will say, hey, I'm good, okay? But it's also, yeah, maybe you're good. But if something happens to you, do you realize benefits can extend to your family? So if you're service-connected and you should pass or something happens to you guys' service connection, your survivors would be eligible for benefits, right? Your kids could go to college. Your spouse would have a small, you know, a small benefit and the like. So it's not so much, you know, yeah, you're good. The other thing I'd point out, and this is the sad reality of life, is things tend to get worse over time. So I use my brother as an example, right? He was an Army officer. 
airborne ranger chemical core or whatever so we're at my daughter's wedding four years ago at a reception afterwards like the next day there's brunch i'm talking to him and he says you'll have to speak in the other ear i cannot hear very well and his wife is like yeah he's deaf in that ear and i said wait a minute you were around mortars you rode in tanks this is service connected do you realize this and he goes well it was fine when i got out some number of years i go yeah that's what happens right and so you know even though as undersecretary, I couldn't do anything for him. So I said, I cannot like, you know, but here, go and apply, go and do this process because this is what it is. So he's my story. I tell the poster child of things get worse. Right. And so, you know, that's kind of what happened. So, yeah, you're you're great at 25 or 35 or whatever. But at 60 or so, you know, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah yep. Your family and be aware of change. Right. I, I've yeah. been fighting that same fight with my dad. <laughs> and um, I'll tell you, Dr. Lawrence, I quoted you, and I've heard you say that before, right? The benefits for your family. Right. And that's what finally convinced my dad. I said, yeah. Dad, mom, if you go first, you're you know eight years older than mom. Yeah. If that happens, she has nothing. Let's do this. So that for you, don't worry about the pride issue for you. Let's look at the future and what that does for mom. And I think that's yeah, just I, that, that, I, was, that was the I moment. Build, yeah, and can I just build on that point, Eric? Because it's not only that. But then in the scenario, the hypothetical scenario you're talking about, which we hope doesn't happen for a long time, right? Your dad passes. Now your mom is under grief and distress, right? And now she's got to go figure out what's this VA thing I got to go deal with. I didn't, you know, my husband never told me about it. I'm embellishing to make this point. And you're like, this is the worst possible time in your life. Right. Now to have to go deal with this big bureaucracy, it's just gut-wrenching when I would hear about it. So again- right. You know, that's a good example of why we want the veterans who are getting benefits to talk to their family about it. So it's not a big surprise during a really difficult period. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I love the book, but I actually wanted to bring up your your other venture that you've been doing for quite a while and how I learned about you, which is your newsletter through LinkedIn, the veteran top tags. Uh, fantastic newsletter that really highlights a lot of great things going on in our community. And one of the ones that I love following just to one, I got to admit, I found Absolutely. some guests out of your, your yeah, new. That's letter. good. That You made my day. That's fantastic to know. That's fantastic to know. So, what made you start the, the newsletter? I mean, you got 14,000 subscribers to your newsletter. I can only imagine. I think we're, we're still trying to reach 3000 for the podcast. <laughs> so I, I began using LinkedIn when I was in office because I knew that people were doing social media and I wanted to get information out. It was very. So I continued my LinkedIn, my LinkedIn usage after I got out of office. I started writing about things and making videos to help people get educated. And again, it was sort of the beginning of understanding why the book was so important, because I would just see stuff on LinkedIn that was not necessarily intentionally wrong, but they just didn't know. Right. And so I wanted to get the true information out. So then people started to tag me on LinkedIn, not just follow me, but tag me in their posts, right? And I began to notice that, wow, I'm reading some interesting things. And, you know, that was great for me, but does anybody else know that? And so I said, well, how can I kind of curate and assemble the ones I think are probably most relevant? So every month I kind of sift through what I've consumed and what I looked at and I want others to know, right? And I try real hard to you know, not do paparazzi of who are the most famous veteran folks on LinkedIn. Those people are doing fine and well, but it's, you know, people who are just in there kind of just grinding every day, 
oh, that's really good. You know, look, you're supporting your local VSO or you're helping these people or you have an idea for something. So that's kind of what I try to do and say, hey, I thought these were interesting and really I learned something or I learned about and that's kind of what I do. And yeah, I was surprised when I found out the number of subscribers. I mean, good. I'm glad people are getting information. I'm glad to know you're reading it. I'm glad to know you're accessing the experts that are I'm highlighting. That makes it, that was really the intention, right? And I try real hard to focus it on, you know, someone doing something that maybe you've never heard of or were unaware of. Yeah, absolutely. It is fantastic product. Um, unfortunately, and Eric's going to start cringing. Um, we are coming down to the end, um, which I hate this part. Yeah. Especially when we have someone like you on Dr. Lawrence, I, I literally was writing things down as you were talking. And like Eric said, I, I think we, we just got caught up in listening more than, uh, <laughs> doing all the extra stuff, which has just been phenomenal. You're a wealth of information. Um, but we'd like to ask everybody, you know, what's one thing you'd like to leave our audience with? Um, I think it's kind of point you, you mean Eric talked about, these are earned benefits, right? And they should be accessed and, and done well, again, it's to accelerate your life thrive. Okay. And, and I can, I envision a world where one day veterans are so good at this, that non-veterans are going to be jealous. Look how satisfied they are with their life. Look how wealthy they are, how well established they are in our community. Oh, if I had known that, I would have joined the military. That's what it's supposed to be. We've got to change the narrative, this broken veteran narrative. No, these are, you know, strong community and accessing benefits as well as information like other ways. You know, you can really be in a very good place. And that's kind of what I think people should think about when they think about their benefits. Uh, absolutely. I I love your giver's heart. The fact that you're continuing to look out for us and give back to the community, just absolutely amazing. Thank you for everything you do. Um, Eric, I'll turn it over to you for uh, final words. Yeah, no, Dr. Lawrence, I just want to thank you for taking the time to sit down with us. Um, talk about the book, talk about your newsletter, talk about your story and your trend and how you got to where you, you were. But I want to, I just want to make sure that our listeners understand that we've highlighted uh, several different ways that you have been a man of action. That you have not just been a man who um, sat back and watched, right? You 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 stepped into a role as undersecretary to take action. You wrote a book to take action. You you started the newsletter to take action, and we have all uh, benefited from that. So I want to thank you from the bottom of my heart for everything that you have done for our community. Um, you are one of my heroes, and I am so 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 glad to know you, um, to call you a mentor and a friend. I just I'm really really thankful that you've been here. So. Um, Man, I just thank you. Um, one last thing for you, Dr. Lawrence. One thing we, another thing we like to do is we want to make sure that everyone knows how to find you, how to how to follow you, where they can connect with you. So if you would just tell us where where can we best connect with you? Sure, best connect with me. Follow me is on LinkedIn. That's really the social media platform I use. My name Paul R. Lawrence. I think you guys are running it down below. And then yeah, you can get the book on Amazon. That's kind of how everything works these days. So yeah, thank you for that. Outstanding. All right. Well, hey, everyone, thank you for tuning into the Vet SOS podcast. Uh, remember, do not drown in a sea of transition. Grab the Vet SOS lifeline. Everyone have a wonderful day.